for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. You're putting here for dominion. Say dominion. dominion. Say authority. authority. Say management. management. Say rulership. rulership. That's why you're here on the earth, basically. There's a lot of people out there who are trying their best with vitamins and everything else to live a long life, but what's the point of living a long life when you don't know what you're here to live the long life for to begin with? Praise God. I'd rather live, get everything done I'm supposed to and die young than live my whole life to 105 and never get anything done that God put me here to do. Praise God. So you were put here for dominion, basically. You are put here to rule and reign. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 107. And we want to teach you how to do that in your own life. Psalm 107, look at verse 20. Talking about God, it said, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Verse 20, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. We taught a little bit on God, basically, and His word are one. If you're really hungry for God, you will be hungry for His Word. You'll never know who God is. You'll never understand God. You'll never know His will unless you get in the Word of God to figure out who God is. Otherwise, you're going to have a bunch of people who think they know who God is telling you who God is. How many know that's a dangerous place to be? There's a lot of ignorance in the world, and you don't want to be part of that ignorance simply because somebody ignorant taught you about the things of God. So you need to get in the Word of God yourself. God's Word is His will. Whatever he said in his word, that is his will. And what are we supposed to do to live victoriously? Our job basically is to know that God is a God of integrity. Say integrity. Integrity. How many of you know integrity has got to do with what you say? In other words, if you say one thing, do another thing, you ain't got much integrity. But God is a God of integrity. What he says, he will do. What he said he's already done, he has already done. And when you come in line with his word and understand his integrity, then you can base your life upon that word, and you can use your authority to live in the word that's already been declared to you by God. So basically, to live a a lifestyle of kingdom life, you need to, first of all, know what God has promised you, know what God has said, then stay fast on that and believe what God has said above everything else. Say above everything else. So if God's word says, I'm healed this morning, I'm? If God says, I'm blessed this morning, then I'm? If God says, I'm anointed, then I'm? What if I don't feel like I'm anointed this morning? What if I don't feel healed this morning? It doesn't matter, does it? Because God has already said that we're healed. He's already said that we're blessed. He's already said that we're righteous. So I'm going to put God's word first place. Say first place. I'm not going to put it down here three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in my life. I'm going to put it number one in my life. Now, when I get to that position and understand what he said, then I'm going to rule my feelings and my circumstances by the Word of God, because the Word of God is much more powerful than what I'm going through, how I feel, or what's going on in the natural realm. It will rule over those things in your life as long as you stay in agreement with God's Word and put it first place in everything in your life. Now notice, whenever you've got a problem, whenever you've got a difficulty, whenever anything's going on in your life, I'll tell you what God's going to do. He's going to send His Word. He doesn't change. He sends His Word to heal you and to deliver you from all your destruction. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs that a man, as a, there's a right way that a man thinks he should go, but when he goes there, it leads to destruction. Why is that? It's any other way other than the Word. Any other way that you go other than the Word. Anytime you get in disagreement with the Word, anytime you agree with the enemy, agree with your feelings, agree with your circumstances, you've cut yourself off from the authority that God has given you to rule and reign in that situation. How many know that ain't easy? Because we run into stuff, don't we? Daily. Hourly, minutely, secondly. 
all the time. And all these things are there to pull us off the word of God. So notice, he sent his word, what for? To make sure you were healed and delivered. Say healed and delivered. Now what does the devil do? The devil wants you to stay in ignorance. The Bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of faith. Lack of anointing. No, lack of what? Knowledge. 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 The devil wants to blind your minds and your hearts and your thought life to think worldly rather than wordly. And by doing that, you get yourself in trouble. And then, of course, we blame God, who just told you that if you'd get in his word and take the light, the entrance of his word brings an understanding even to the simple. I love that scripture. Because when I started reading that, I was the simple on the end of that scripture. I didn't know nothing about God. I just got born again. I just knew the sky was bluer, the grass was greener, something had changed. I felt better. Praise God. Hallelujah. But until I got in the Word of God and started removing some of the darkness or the ignorance that what I was taught growing up, what I caught in different churches, what I did, that stuff started changing, basically, until I started to understand who God was, what God wanted to do, how He wanted to do it. So notice the key in your life is simply a lack of ignorance. Because if you knew the truth in that area of your life, if you knew the truth, what would happen? You would be set free. You know the truth, and the truth will. Well, then if I don't know the truth, and I'm walking around out there in a lie, I'm going to be bound, ain't I? So it's very simple. You just find from the Word of God, whatever situation it is, He sent His Word on healing. Now I'm going to study healing. I'm going to find out how to live in divine health. He sent His Word on finances. I'm going to study His Word on finances. I'm going to do it His way. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to manage His money left over. See, the body of Christ... One of the problems we have, especially from those who are good, strong, 10% tithers and believe the Word of God, is you can't manage your other 90%. Boy, that got quiet, didn't it? See? It's not the 10% that you give. You're faithful with that. But what are you doing with the other 90%? See? You're a manager down here. You've got to manage your money. You've got to manage your time. You've got to manage all this stuff. So you need to learn how to manage that money. Well, how am I going to do that? I'm going to go to his word, and I'm going to find out how to give. I'm going to find out how to do I'm going to come to classes when Patrick has them because he shows you how to take care of money, what to do with money, how to do it God's way. He's got scriptures right there. Show he's not lying about anything. It's right there. What am I doing? I'm learning to handle these things. The more revelation knowledge and the more light you get, the more you will live free in those areas of your life. So ignorance is the main problem. So what does God do when you're ignorant? He sends his word. See, this is why if the word is not the most important thing to you, you're going to live in ignorance and you're going to live in bondage your whole whole Christian life. It's not going to make any difference because you're just going to keep living. And we keep doing the same thing over again, don't we? And then we expect a different result. And guess what? It doesn't change. Well, this time it's going to work out. It hasn't worked out 4,228 times. <laughs> Would you maybe like to make an adjustment this time in your life to see if it worketh out for you if you make that adjustment? So I'm, he sent his word. What for? To teach me, to heal me, to remove it. Why are people not saved in the world today? Did Jesus go to the cross? Did he suffer and die on that cross? Did he pay salvation for a whole world? Notice, God so loved the Christian. No, God so loved the that he gave his only begotten son. So it's already been provided, hasn't it? Salvation's been provided. So why isn't everybody saved? Is heaven too full? God doesn't want to save some people and wants to save others? No, it's because they're ignorant of the salvation that's already been provided for them. So basically, they're either not interested in it or they're trying to do enough to get saved. How I many know that don't work? Hallelujah. If you base anything on you, you in trouble. 
you're going to have problems, praise God. So they don't know about salvation. So what happens? People die and go to hell. And it's not God's fault. It's simply because of ignorance, because Jesus already paid for their salvation. Baptism of the Holy Ghost already provided. How many of the Holy Ghost came? He's here. He's available for people to get filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in other tongues, do all that stuff. But how many know there's people out there who aren't, and people even in the church? Well, why not? Because some people need it, some people don't, right? Is that why it is? Maybe the Holy Ghost is tired of filling people, and he's got other stuff to do at this time. No, it's because there's ignorance of people understanding that that's available to them. Once you understand it by finding the word which brings light to you and you understand it, ignorance goes by the wayside, and when it does, then you can receive. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that simply ask for it? See, God's trying to make things easy for us, but the problem is we're remaining in ignorance, and because we're in ignorance, then we can't use our authority in those situations. When you find out that God sent his word and has already, already healed you, you'll start protecting the healing that already belongs to you. Wednesday nights, we're talking about healing. We started last week. We're talking about things that belong to you. Blessing belongs to you. Anointing belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. Sound mind belongs to you. All these things are yours. They're yours. You don't have to try to get them. Jesus provided them for you, but the problem is the thief comes to steal. Notice, before he can kill and destroy you, he has to steal something. And he's not after your health. He's not after your money. He's after the word on health and the word on money. So the word is the central point of everything. God's covenant with you is the central point of your entire life. If you're going to walk in authority, you need to know what that word says, and you need to know that that word is a word of integrity. And if God said it, that's the way this is going to end up. No matter what happens between point A and point Z, God's word is truth. So if God says, I'm going to prosper, then I'm going to prosper. And another bill comes in, and you ain't got the money for it, and I'm going to prosper. And another bill comes in, and you ain't got the money, and I'm going to prosper. And another bill comes in, I ain't going to make it. I'm going to die. (laughs) Now, what happened? You just got out of agreement with God's word. You've not put the word first place anymore. You've put the situations and circumstances in your life. And when you do that, basically, then you're disconnected from God. You can't live disconnected from God. And notice, God's not responsible for doing these things in your life You're responsible for doing these things in your life. If God wanted to control everything down here, he just came down and did it. But he sent you to do it. And he gave you the anointing, and he gave you the authority, and he gave you the power, and he gave you the position, and he gave you the word in order to do that stuff. So you are responsible for where you're at right now and where you're going in the kingdom of God, basically, because you're the one with authority down here. He's the head, and we are the body. People say all the time, God's hand's just about to move. Yeah, when you do. I feel God's hand moving. Then do something. Fall down. Step up. Jump. Do something for God's sakes. Come on. God ain't going to reach down out of heaven. He never wanted to do that. He wanted mankind and his children to be an authority down here and do the thing. If somebody's going to get healed, he told you to lay hands on the sick and they recover. He's not going to pray in tongues for you. See what I mean? We keep pushing everything off on God, not understanding that he gave us the authority down here to do it. So God sent his word to heal you and to Deliver me from all my... De- all right, go to Matthew chapter 8. You have to stay in line with that word of God. You have to understand what God has said about the situation. If not, go to the Bible and find out what he said about the situation. People that don't understand kingdom ways and kingdom thinking say the dumbest spiritual things sometimes. That you just... <laughs> I mean, you just got to shake your head sometimes. I mean, to think what they're thinking of. It's just, 
amazing to me. Lord Jesus. Mm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Here's one I've been seeing and t- talking to and hearing all the time is that, that, you know, this hurricane was coming and it stopped before it got to Florida and it w- went up north. Nothing happened. Everybody, oh, you know, God just loves us so darn much that he made that hurricane go away from us. That's how much he loves us. It makes that hurricane go away from us. He loves us so very much. Well, that means he hates every bohemian. Come on, there's nothing logical about that. He loves everybody for God's sakes. So if you were protected because he loves you, then they would have been protected because he loves them. But they didn't get protected, so something was different between... And it had nothing to do with God. Are you following me? You can't make those kind of statements, you know, because they're, they're, they're religious statements. They're not godly kingdom statements, basically. God loves everybody, praise God. If it was up to him, everybody would have been protected. Hallelujah. All right, don't get me going in that direction. We'll never go anywhere. All right, Matthew chapter 8. Look at verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. (laughs) We were talking Wednesday night about about sickness and disease, and I was telling the people that people can't come up to you anymore and just say, I'm sick. They got to say, I'm horribly sick. I'm tremendously sick. I'm very, very sick. And I always tell them, take a step up, just be sick. (laughs) Look at this verse here, verse 6. And he said, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. (laughs) He could have just said tormented, couldn't he? But no, he was into grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be For I am a man under authority. Here we're talking about dominion and authority. Having soldiers under me, I say to this man, go, and he, I say to another, come, and he, uh, and to my servant, I say, do this, and he, And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them, It followed him, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not even in Israel. Notice, these things are put in the Bible for us to advance in our authority and our dominion and our knowledge of it so that we understand it. These things are already here. So notice, right here, this centurion who knew about authority, didn't he? He had people under him, and he had people over him. And he knew all he had to do was tell somebody what to do, and because of that authority and dominion, guess what was going to happen? But then above him, if they told him what to do, guess what he had to do? He had to do it. It was all based on the spoken word or the word that was in that situation. Now, daily in your life, you are taking sides with the word. You're either taking sides with the word or you're taking side with the world. You're either thinking godly kingdom thoughts or you're thinking worldly thoughts. You're either talking godly talk or you're talking worldly talk. You're either acting like God would act or you're acting like the devil would act. Do you see? All day long. That's, that's the problem with Christianity. It's not just for two hours on Sunday. And one hour on Wednesday night, we can, we can talk right, we can be right then, and then just go out and live any way we want. No, this is a lifestyle. I'm sorry. It's an everyday thing. And you're out there talking every single day. Prayed for on Sunday. They prayed for me because my arm was healing. How did it go? Oh, I felt a goosebump. But I'll tell you what, it's getting worse and worse every day. I just don't know. I might fall off before next Sunday before I get back there again. It's just terrible. I'm telling you, the pain is awful out there. It's, I need to go back and get prayed for. You, you weren't even connected to God in any way, shape, or form. Are you following me? You disagreed with the authority over you. Now you're expecting to receive something in that authority, and it's not going to work for you. 
the thing right here on a daily basis controls your life. You're either in agreement with God or you're out of agreement with God. Up to you. Are you praising all week or complaining all week? Are you in belief all week or are you in doubt all week? See, it's easy once you get a Sunday sermon because you hear that word of God and it comes alive on you and all the scriptures you've heard over the years bubble up on the inside of you and the Holy Ghost is bringing them back to you and boy, you, are, you just want to run into a devil as quick as you can because you're going to tear him up and then Monday morning the alarm goes off and uh, you're not so hip anymore and then Tuesday comes anymore and Wednesday comes and you're going to go to church and you don't and I'll hear the word on Sunday and by the time you get here Saturday and Sunday, you need a word. See, why is that? Because the world has sucked you into its talking, its thinking, its way of doing things. But you're either going to put God's integrity and his word first place in your life or not. And I'll tell you, when situations hit your life, that's the telling point right there. They're going to hit your life. Here's the disciples. They're out in a boat fishing and basically riding around. And pretty soon, here comes a storm. And it starts filling up. And Jesus taking a little nap during the whole thing, which probably made him real happy. And basically at that time, what do they say? Here it comes. They've, they've been learning. They've been going to Bible school with Jesus now for two and a half years. They've passed every written test that they had at that time. They were trying to move to the top of the class. Here comes a storm, and they say, we're going to die. Now, how many know that wasn't a connection? That didn't give him any authority. That disconnected them with the place right there, put them in a place where there was no help. But watch, Jesus stood up, and he said, Peace, be still, and how many of you know that worketh? Why? He knew the word of God had authority over that storm. If he spoke the word only, that storm would have to stop, basically because of the power behind that word that he released out of his mouth. Are you following me? Praise God. Now, the disciples could have did the same thing. Even if it was scared, they could have said, peace, be still. <laughs> How many of that would have been a lot better than, we're going to die? Right. See? And when things hit your life, what do you say? Here it comes. I sneezed twice. I'm going to get it. Them darn snowbirds brought it back down here again. The flu's all over me. I can't get it off me at this time. <laughs> See, immediately, what did you do? You left your place of authority. You left your assignment under the word of God. He didn't send his word for you to get the flu. He sent his word to heal you and deliver you from all destruction. Oh, that men would complain to the Lord about their symptoms. No, that they would praise the Lord for his goodness. And you might have to even offer the sacrifice. Boy, that hurts, don't it? I hate that word. Sacrifice, why? Because you ain't going to want to do it when the time comes. The sacrifice of thanksgiving. Well, you're thanking him for something that already belongs to you that's already in your life. So things are going to hit your life. They're going to come against your life from sickness, from disease, from situations, from things. Keep them out of your mouth. The more you put them in your mouth, the more real they become. The more you talk about them with your friends, the more real they become. You're better off if nobody knows. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. How I many you know that's a good place to be? Because you know once you go over it and you go over it and you go over it, it'll make you feel any better. You, maybe you'll get a pat on the back from somebody who says, Oh, I'm so sorry you feel this way. But you want to stay on the Word of God, praise God. If you can't say something in line with the Word, don't say anything at all. Learn the vocabulary of silence. 
where you don't say anything in those situations. But don't rehearse them. You always want to do that first thing. But notice, you need to stay under authority in order for that authority to work in your life. So you're going to stay. Here's the centurion. The centurion says, hey, I know all about authority. You don't even have to come to my house. All you got to do is speak the word right here. And when I get home, my servant's going to be, hallelujah. How many know that's strong stuff right there? And notice, once he spoke the word, the centurion didn't say, give me a fleece. Let the bells ring now at 12 o'clock. No, he simply believed one thing, and what he believed was the... Now notice, the centurion was from Rome, but he wasn't in Rome. He was in Capernaum. That means his authority that he had from Rome was still operating while he was in Capernaum, which means even though you're not in heaven today... You're now from your home country. The same authority that you'd have up there still worketh down here. Come on now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have it when I get to heaven. Well, you are, but bless God, you need it here. Yeah, that's right. Hallelujah. So you have authority, so I'm going to stay in line. I'm going to stay in line with what? The Word of God. I'm not going to leave that Word of God. I'm not, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to do anything. So the centurion said, speak the Word only. Say, speak the Word only. Speak the word only. And to add to that, when you in your prayer time... Speak the word only for your child, your friend, your whoever. It will influence their lives. I don't care if they live in Hawaii, Alaska, North Carolina, South Carolina. don't make any difference because your word of authority. Notice Jesus spoke here and the servant was healed over here someplace. So the word that he spoke here went past through time. It was a spiritual thing and it affected. That's why when you got unsaved loved ones, you just start calling them saved in Jesus' name and releasing that because it will go out and it will change things in your life because the word of God spoken, praise God, will totally set people free coming out of someone's mouth who's under agreement with God himself. Hallelujah. Notice, now Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Say, I will come and heal him. Notice, Jesus never said it's not God's time to heal you. Uh, God's teaching you through this sickness. Just hang on a little bit longer. He's disciplining you through. No, he healed all. Why is that? Because he knew what was already provided for you. Healing's already provided for you. It's already been provided for you. It's all yours. Now, will you get in agreement with God and use your authority to disallow that in your life? It's totally up to you whether you want to do that or not. Praise God. Everybody desires to heal the sick and cast out devils. I mean, that's the first thing I wanted to do when I, when I went under a minister who's ministering up there in the Holy Ghost, and people are getting healed, and people are getting delivered. I'm saying, I want to do that. Did you ever do that? Or you turn somebody on TV, say, whoa, I want to be just like them. Praise God. That's what I want to do. My problem was I couldn't keep myself healed or delivered, much less help anybody else, because I didn't know how to do it. Praise God. And I'll tell you, even if you're stupid, God will honor it to a point. His love's so strong that he will supersede most of your stupidity and actually work. The first time I ever prayed for somebody, I didn't even believe it when I did it. And it still worked. But how many of you know you're supposed to grow up then? See, you're supposed to learn how to keep sickness and disease. You're supposed to learn how to keep worry. You're supposed to learn how to keep fear. You're supposed to learn how to keep these things out of your life because we know they're not of God. They're demonic things. And I'm going to use my authority to run those things out of my life, basically. God has not given us a spirit of but of love, a power, and a sound mind. So I want to get to a place where no more shackles, no more chains. I am free. And when you learn how to do it, then you can teach others to do it. How many of you know it's easier to teach somebody who has worketh for you? See? Hallelujah. So we're using authority here. What are we doing? We're staying under authority. The centurion knew that Jesus had authority, and all Jesus had to do was speak the word. 
And he knew that his servant was going to be healed. And notice what Jesus says. Look at verse 10. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not even in Israel. Hallelujah. Notice, Jesus said, Woohoo! Somebody knows about faith. I've not found so great faith. Well, if he found it, do you think he was looking? Do you think he's still looking today? He is, isn't he? He's looking for a group of people to rise up in the authority of God and the powerhouses of God and know what belongs to them and start using that authority by speaking the word only into their life and changing people's lives by the power of God that's on the inside of them. Jesus marveled at him. Now look what he says. Verse 11, and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hallelujah. We all like that scripture, don't we? No, what's he saying? He's saying there's people that should be operating this way. There's people that should be using authority. There's people who are a member of his covenant who are not doing it. But here's someone else who's outside the covenant, not even a Jewish person this time, not even of Israel, but he's allowing it to work. What's he saying? It goes for everybody. Amen. Don't matter what church you belong to, don't matter what club you belong to, don't matter if you're black, white, orange, purple, whatever you are, doesn't make any difference. This authority will work for every single human being who learns how to put it to work and uses it to work, praise God. So as you learn about staying in line with the Word of God, as you learn about that what you say go is going to... What you say come is going to? What you tell be gone is going to? See, you have the authority to do that. You are the one that God has given the authority to, praise God. But once again, it will only, it'll only work unless you violate the Word of God. You cannot violate the Word of God. You cannot talk about your sickness and get healed, get healing. You cannot talk about your terrible financial condition. You can't. That's why you cannot continue to quote things from your past. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a little free now, but I've been an alcoholic for 20 years. Well, you're going to stay an alcoholic, praise God. Just keep going there. See? You've got to get rid of that stuff. You've got to get that stuff out of your mouth. You've been delivered. He already sent his word, and, and he already delivered you from all your destructions. You can't do it yourself. All you can do is get in line. So when I got born again, and I read scripture that said I'd been delivered, and I was told that I need to go here, and need to do that, and need to this meeting, and need to that meeting, I just decided to agree with God. I figured if he was God, he knew more than everybody else who was trying to tell me what to do. So I found out I was delivered. So I said, I'm delivered from alcohol. Oh, no, you're not. Well, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I don't care if you're still going, I'm delivered. I'm delivered from alcohol. I'm delivered. Why is that? Because sooner or later, staying in line is going to release the power of God in your life and blow that stuff out of your life. We're faith people. We don't get it, then believe it. Come on, the walls of Jericho, it didn't fall down, then they all went, hey! No, they walked around seven times, and they shouted while the walls were still. And what happened? They fell? Well, we don't want to do that, do we? We want to stand by the walls. If they ever fall down, I'm going to give a scream like you never heard before, praise God. If them things just fall down, I am going to shout, and I am going to scream. See, that's not faith. Anybody can live like that, hallelujah. The Bible says before Enoch was translated, he had this confession. In other words, he stayed in line with the Word of God, just stayed there, stayed there. Nobody really liked it, stayed there. And one day he disappeared. And he didn't confess he was gone after he was gone. He confessed that he was going to go before he went, and he went. And how many know they looked for him? They didn't find him. <laughs> they still found him. He's still going someplace. When you go with God, you go, brother. Nobody can find you. How many know what it says they didn't find him? They must have looked. Come on, but before 
before he was translated, he had this confession. See, your confession in line with that word and the authority of God will release you out of every situation in your life, praise God. You don't care what anybody else thinks. When you've got a symptom, you're healed. When you're financially low, you are blessed, praise God, beyond finances are super. I have all kind of money, praise God, and people come up to you. Well, look at you. You're sniffling around. I don't think you're healed. Are you healed? Say, yeah, I'm healed. Does your head hurt? It does, but I'm healed. Well, my head hurts, and I have a headache. Well, that's right. But your head hurts, and you don't have a headache. That's right. I'm healed. Well, why do I have a headache, and you have a headache, and you think you're healed? Because you have integrity in the headache. And I have integrity in the word of God that says, by his stripes I've been healed. Come on now. This is a transformation of the mind. You're not going to do this. Don't, don't try this without adult supervision. <laughs> See what I mean? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the, the mouth speaks. And if your abundance is sickness, you've been talking lack, you've been talking fear, you've been talking worry, and this thing comes, you're going to try to conjure up something out of your heart. You've got to dig around a while, but you know it's in there someplace. There it is. I am healed. I am healed. But when you say it, your mind's going to say, so you want to fill up with the word of God. Why? Because of that authority that we have on the inside of He gave us that authority to use it, and we need that authority. And I'll tell you what, every time you get out of agreement with the word of God, there's going to be a little condemnation. It comes inside of you. There it is. Sometimes it's just a little bit of condemnation. And you may try to say, well, I just ate bad pizza last night, and that can't be real condemnation. That's probably just, probably just acid reflux or something like that. You know, that's coming. But you know because it's not here, it's here, right in your gut. People say, well, there is no condemnation for those who walk in the Spirit. Yeah, well, there is for those who walk in the flesh. Right. <laughs> you might as well quote both parts of it if you're going to quote it. Come on now. So what happens, there's condemnation. So if I get out there and I'm talking about, oh, I ain't got no money and we're going to fall apart and this is going to happen, that's going to happen, there's going to be a check in here. It says, what the heck are you talking about? Praise God. Hallelujah. What, what are you doing in here? And what do you got to do? You got to repent, don't you? And say, well, I render all that stupid thing I've said for the last two weeks powerless and I'm going to get in the Word of God and I'm going to use the Word of God and praise God, I'm going to do the Word of God. So I made a decision a long time ago since I was a leader, since I was a pastor, then I'm not going to let anybody else's opinion steal my authority. Their opinion of who I am, how I do things, how I don't do things, what's right, what's wrong. Why? Because if you get off into that stuff, you're going to lose your own authority at that time. Hallelujah. And how many know when you're in the ministry, you get blame every now and then. People aren't exactly happy what you're doing or what you're not doing. But I can't get off into that stuff, and neither can you. Because you need that authority in your life to walk free in the things of God and the kingdom of God. Praise God. So don't forfeit your authority for anybody. Don't do it for anybody, praise God. You just want to say. So he said, speak the word only. Say, speak the word only. Speak the word. Notice the word was enough. Jesus said, I have not found so great faith. All right, look at verse 13. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way, and as thou hast believed... So be it done unto thee. That's a very important scripture. What you believe will basically take place in your life. That's why the word needs to be what you believe. It needs to be the foundation in your life. The word on prosperity must be greater in your life than your bills and your debt. The word on healing must carry more authority than the symptoms that come against your body. The word on forgiveness must rule over your feelings and say, don't forgive. They deserved it. You don't deserve to get faith. No, but my word on forgiveness is going to be there. The word on peace must be greater than worries and cares that's in your life. 
See, you can tell these things to go and you can get them out of your life and keep them out of your life. The church is full of a bunch of believers, but we don't have too many people who actually do what they believe. Are you blessed with all spiritual blessings? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. First scripture I ever leave. How was your week? It was terrible. It was just the most rotten week I've ever had in my life. I'm telling you nothing went right this week. I just didn't. Come on, you either believe the scripture or you don't believe the scripture. You know the scripture says you need to forgive? Oh yes, if we want our prayers. Have you forgiven so-and-so? Well, no. You know what they did to me. And if they did it to anybody, there's no reason to forgive them. See, you can know every scripture in the book, but if you ain't going to do what it says, you're pretty much wasting your time at this point. You will sound smart, but it's not going to work for you. You must do what the word says. You know, one thing God spoke to me a long time ago is I was discussing and praying about different things in my life, and he just blurted out, worry, sin. I said, excuse me? He said, worry, sin. I said, no, it's not. It's concern. <laughs> caring he said no it's sin I said sin it's not sin if it's sin then everybody in the church is sinning they're on a constant basis as far as I know but was it he was changing my thought life wasn't he for you to worry and put that in your mouth is sin so what do you do you catch yourself now when you start to worry about something whether you think of whether situations come up and I tell you when you're in the ministry there's a lot of chances a lot of practice you know, this is going on. Worry about me. Worry about me. Worry about me. That little voice is in your mind all the time. And you think, i got to worry about this because everybody worries about this. What's it going to do when I worry about this? It really doesn't help me at all, but I'm supposed to worry about it because and some people say, well, my mom and dad, they were great warriors, and grandma and grandpa were good warriors, and I'm in their line, so I'm a better warrior than they are. We're getting better every time with worrying all the time. But notice, you shouldn't worry about anything. That's what Jesus says. Worry about nothing. Praise God. Yet we don't take that scripture, do we? We just read it and say, well, that's a good scripture, but press God. Nobody ever does that anyway, so it doesn't really make any difference. All right, Romans chapter 8, look at verse 14. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto him. So here's Jesus. He's already spoken the word. The centurion's got... Servant got healed. Jesus went into Peter's house, into his mother-in-law's house. He touched her hand, and what happened? He touched her hand, and what happened? He touched her hand, and the feel and the, and the fever left. Now notice how many know that Jesus is the Word of God. So this was the Word of God walking in this situation, touched the mother-in-law, and the mother-in-law was healed because the fever left. Now you don't have to have Jesus come into your bedroom. You don't have to have Jesus come into your heart. You already have the Word of God. You've got the Word of God. So the more you let the Word touch you, the more changes you will make in your life, and the more you will start taking authority to rule over the situations that are in your life. You can let the Word touch me. Say, I can let the Word, let the word. touch me. Yeah, you know, I talk in my own life about self-deliverance. This is what self-deliverance is. Letting the Word of God touch you and change the way you think. Before, worry thoughts were coming. They were coming against me. I had to worry about the finance. I had to worry about this person in the church. I had to worry about the people trying to throw me out of the church. I had to worry about this. I had to worry about that. And all, once I got to a place where out of the inside of me it would come, let not your heart be troubled. Cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. Worry about nothing. And I'd put them in my mouth. I don't worry about nothing. I cast all my cares upon him. Nothing troubles my heart. Praise God, I walk in love, peace, and joy my whole time. And you know what worry did? Flew away. Went by the wayside. Or I could have accepted those worries. I could have. See, when Jesus was raised and got the keys of the kingdom, he gave them to you. You either open the door and allow things to come in, or you shut the door and you keep them out of your life. 
You can keep worry out of your life anytime you want to. So when a symptom started coming to my body, instead of going to my wife for sympathy and, oh, honey, you know, make me tea and be real nice to me because I don't feel good and that always makes me feel good when she's nice to me and all this stuff. No, I came to a point where I said, hey, that's not what it says on the inside of me. By his stripes, I've been healed. He bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases. 2,000 years ago, I was healed. So why should I be sick 2,000 years later, praise God? So I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, what am I going to do? I'm going to take the word. I'm going to grab onto that word. I'm going to use that word. And the word of God sooner or later will touch you. And when I touch you, things leave you. See, and as you go through the Bible, you find yourself. Offense. It says, don't get offended. I mean, you know, everybody knows that scripture. And if everybody closes their eyes for 15 minutes, you'll probably find three people you're offended at right now. <laughs> See what I mean? That, that stuff cuts your authority off. That takes your authority off. So I'm not going to be offended anymore. I'm not going to do it. What happens? Somebody's going to offend me. I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray blessings into their life. I'm going to stay clean of that stuff. Why? Because when I tell something to come, I want it to come. And when I tell something to go, I want it to go. I want to rule in my authority. I want to fulfill what God has placed me here to do with my dominion and my authority. In situations and circumstances, I want to live free 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I want to break the devil off other people's lives. And I want to be in a position to do that, praise God. Hallelujah. Most of the time you say, well, I'm going to forgive them, but I'm going to curse them. Well, you can't do that because you reap what you Well, I forgave them, but let me tell you, they're terrible people. I knew they were terrible people before they offended me, but I really know they're terrible. I thought they were terrible before, but they're beyond terrible. They're horribly terrible now, praise God, in this. It's just tremendously terrible. See, did you forgive them? I don't think so. And even if you did, you're just cursing yourself on the back end too. See, all these things are spiritual. All these things are scripture. This just isn't a, let's try to do this because we're happy church people. This is life. I'm talking to you. This is life. I'll tell you, when a hurricane's bearing down on you, you better not be walking in unforgiveness. You better not be walking in condemnation. You better know that you've got authority over that thing in the name of Jesus, and you better be able to speak to that thing boldly. See, this produces boldness in your life. This makes you start talking to things, praise God, and knowing that it's going to work in your life. Just like the centurion. He heard Jesus speak. He walked away. He knew his servant, who he hadn't seen yet, was done. You're going to talk to things, and you know they're done. You're not going to talk to them, then sit down and say, I wonder if that worked. Maybe I should have said it louder. In Jesus' name! I mean, no, the devil's not deaf. But that's what we think, isn't it? We'll speak to it, and I'll see you sit down. I take, I'll lay my hands on my kid. In Jesus' name, you're not allowed in my family. Get off my kid in Jesus' name. Go out of the bedroom, sit in front of the TV. He's going to die. <laughs> you know that fever's going up even now. You better go in and check him one more I better go in and check him one more time. Oh, no, still, still doing better, I think. It's come to... You wait till they get a hold of you. You didn't even take him to the physician. Didn't take him to the doctor. You wait till he really gets sick. You and your wife both going to be in jail behind bars. You don't look good in stripes the way it is. What are you going to do? All these things are coming at you, you know? And I'm saying, no, lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. Lay hands on the sick. Sometimes I think it would have been easier taking the doctor and get him a drug, for God's sakes. At least I wouldn't have to worry about it working or not. I didn't prescribe it. But we didn't. We had to go through it. And Becky was the same way. Honey, maybe you better go back in. Maybe you better check him. And then you, and then you, try, then you try to go to bed, and you're laying there. Oh, my God, you can't even sleep. 
Why is that? I was in a spiritual battle. How many of you know that? I was doing my best to believe the word to stand in the authority of God, but I'll tell you what, there were so many voices hitting me from 90 different directions. And so what did I have to do? I have to go every day, go back to the word. But lay hands on the second that recover. Lay hands on the second that recover. Lay hands on the second that recover. Lay hands on the second recover. Lay hands on the second recover. Lay hands on the second recover. So I got to a place to where we could then later on walk in. Get off of him. Walk out, never gave it another thought, knew that thing left, knew that fever left, knew that sickness left, knew that he was going to be up going to school even if he faked it. Come on, when I was a little kid, we lived up north, and we had the, the wall heaters there on the floor. And there's many mornings I got up and went in front of that wall heater, then went back to bed. And when Mommy came and felt me, I was very warm, and I got the day off school. <laughs> Dang, you got a fever. Oh, man, I'm burning up. <laughs> hey, it worked. It worked, got the day off school. Matter of fact, I set the record for most days missed as a senior in Buckeye Central School history. 37 days. Thank you very much. But that one, because of the heater thing, I had better excuses than I'd grown up some, so it didn't make any difference. Hallelujah. But notice, we want to stay in agreement with God's Word. We want to stay there. Why? Because when we have that authority, things will leave you in your life, but start in your own life. All these thoughts, you know, we're busy here, and I'm running around, and somebody's newer to the church, and they're standing there, and I'm coming back, and I walk right by them because I got something to do, and, and didn't hug them, and pretty soon they're on their way out of here saying, he don't like me. I don't even know why I'm coming here. He don't want me coming here anyway. He hugged that one and he hugged that one, but he certainly didn't hug me. I don't know what the issue is here with the problem. He just don't like certain people. That's just the way he... See, the devil will go to work, I'm telling you, on your mind. He'll rattle your brain. He'll get you no matter where you're at. You don't belong here. You don't do this. He did this. He did that. He did that. Maybe he was just busy and didn't see you or didn't have time to hug you, praise God. Do you see? Don't let these things get into your mind, wear you down, do things. A lot of times in marriages, the devil gets in there. You know, he comes home late from work one night. You know, he's out there drinking and had an affair. He was only gone 15 minutes. What do you think? He's a machine? Give me a break. I mean, my God. Isn't that the way it works? The devil comes in, starts telling you all this stuff, and you start believing it, and you're already mad at him, and he had to work, made you an extra hour of overtime, and you're ready to kill him when he comes home. Why is that? Because the devil, once again, getting in your thought life. That's why you need to use this word, casting down every thought and imagination that tries to exalt itself against the word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the Bible says he resists the devil with the word of God. Jesus cast out spirits with the word. Say, Jesus, Jesus. cast out spirits with his word. Now notice, if you can cast out spirits with your word or the word, how many know you can? You can also allow spirits with your words. See, your words are very attractive sometime to the enemy because you invite him into situations and into circumstances. So the word that you're speaking 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're either allowing or disallowing the devil and demonic things basically in your life. But you want to stay under the authority, basically. And that's what all these little spirits are out here. If you ever heard James teach, you know they're out there. There's bitter spirits coming around, self-pity spirits. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. If they cared, they'd call me. If they cared, they'd bring me a meal. This is just horrible. I don't know why. And then you get angry. I'm mad at him now. I was pity, but now I'm mad. Tell me what I'm mad. I've had it with. Then you get bitter. I hate everybody in that church. They didn't bring me soup when I was sick. I'm mad at him. I'm angry. Praise God. I'm pitied. I'm everything, right? And before long, you need, de- before long, you need deliverance. You see? 
You, but if you recognize the first one and deal it with it with the word so it leaves, you won't have to deal with two, three, four, five, six down the road. You just deal with it right off the bat because you stay in agreement with God's word. So you need to believe the integrity of the word. If the word of God says it, how many know it's true? If the word of God says you're blessed, you are blessed. Now, when will I get blessed? When I stay in the blessing of God and, and stay there, whether I see the blessing or not in my life, doesn't matter. Well, they're much more blessed than I am. Why is that? Because they've got a car, a boat, a house, and all this stuff. Oh, you, then you think the blessing basically is based on whether they've got a car, boat, or house, not on the Word of God. The Word of God says you're blessed, you're blessed. Why? Because that's what the Word of God says. It says I'm forgiven, says I'm healed, says I'm powerful. So I'm going to stay in line with that. Why? Because I want my authority to operate in every situation of my life. I'll tell you, when you stay in authority with it, there's no problem to deliver people from depression, from spirits of fear. You simply say, go, and they go. Run, and they run. There's nothing to it. And when you get to a place where you understand it, you won't have to expect some kind of manifestation. You just know that you know that you know that it left, praise God, because you have authority over the thing. Amen. So hallelujah. You have authority this morning. It's been given to you. You're allowing in your life. You're disallowing. Get in the word of God. Spend time in the word of God. Find out what belongs to you and then use that word. It's the sword of the spirit, man. Anything that comes to you that's not in line with God's will, you have a legal right to disallow in your life, your family's life, or anybody else's life that's close to you. And you can do that by speaking the word of God each and every time. Catch yourself. The Bible said we're snared by the words of our mouth. Don't snare yourself, praise God. Watch what you're saying. Watch what you're talking about. Symptom comes, bless God. You're healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I don't feel like it's working. I still ain't going to say, well, I'm sick, and I'm getting sicker, and everybody gets sick. You don't want to do that, praise God, because you're just usurping the authority that's over you that you need in order to be in line with what's under you. Hallelujah. Say, I have authority. I have dominion. I was put here to rule and to reign, and to manage God's affairs here in the earth. I will speak the word only in every situation. I will stay in line with God's word. I will upend, repel, run off circumstances, situations, symptoms, lying devils. I will keep them, lock them out of my life. I have the keys. I said, I've got the keys of right, of wrong, of good, of bad. I have authority, and I will use it to live free in every area of my life in Jesus' name. And if I stumble, I will simply repent, step right back in my authority, and go right on living in righteousness, peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. All right, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.